In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our meditation today is on Psalm 111. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christmas Day has come and gone. With so much anticipation leading up to the day and so much celebration, it would seem that it's all over such that we return to our normal lives. But is that it? Does Christmas come and leave us all to return unchanged? When a baby is born in any family, life changes. Routines change. Priorities change. Conversations change. Life is upended, and your old way of living and doing things must change. And those who refuse to make such changes either decide to give up the child or they neglect or abandon the child. Whatever the reason, they're not going to recenter their lives for the sake of this baby. And if such an ordinary baby presents us with a whole new life, how much more the birth of the Son of God come in human flesh to redeem you and me. Here is a birth that changes every life of man. Unless his birth and life for them is rejected or abandoned. Sadly, such happens far too often. We've just had the celebration for the greatest birth there ever was among mankind. The long-awaited prophecy and promise has come to fruition. The Genesis 3.15 promise has been fulfilled. This is the same promise reiterated to Abraham in Genesis 12.3. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This inheritance given to Abraham and his descendants is also the inheritance of the whole world. Through Abraham and that child who was to come, all nations, peoples, races would be blessed. This blessing given through Abraham is redemption. Psalm 111, verse 9, speaks of how God sent redemption to his people and how he commanded his covenant forever. This covenant is the same one promised in Genesis 3.15 and again promised to Abraham. God gave his word and he gave that word and promise as an inheritance to the people of Israel as verse 6 of Psalm 111 reminds us. Thus for the benefit of the whole world, for the blessing of all people, Abraham and his descendants were told of the strength of God's work to give them his inheritance among all the nations. They were given this heritage to preserve and keep it for themselves and for all the world. They did keep this word and promise until the day that the promised redemption came through Christ Jesus, in whom God showed his people the power of his works. Certainly God has displayed the power of his works to save in the past. The exodus out of Egypt the defeat of God's enemies at the Red Sea, the defeat of the various nations in entering Canaan and living there, all the judges who saved Israel from this or that enemy and the later judges, especially of David's line, that arose to do the same. 
deliverance from exile, from Haman, and many others. But now, now he has shown his power in the work of God taking on human flesh for us. He remembers his promise and covenant, and so he provides for his people that eternal inheritance. Christ's righteousness, Christ's sonship, Christ's life. This is our Lord's gift of redemption that we should not soon forget or lay aside. After all, to lay it aside would be to leave it behind or abandon it. We will not. And today we're encouraged by Psalm 111 not to abandon him and his promises. Rather, we're encouraged to keep this song and word on our lips and in our hearts. Now that December 25th has passed, the world now may put Christmas in the background. After all, it's made lots of money, and that's the end goal of many, many businesses. But we cannot and should not put Christmas behind us. Instead, we should keep the reality alive in our lives and life. It is for this reason that the church set aside a whole season from Advent through Epiphany to reflect on God's great work of taking on human flesh for us. It's why 12 days were appointed in the year to celebrate Christmas. It's why in England those 12 days were filled with feasting and celebrations such as the 12th night celebration or why people left their Christmas decorations up until February 2nd, the day when the church would recall Jesus being taken to the temple as a little baby 40 days after his birth to make the appropriate sacrifices, just as we heard and recalled today in our gospel text. This celebration of Christ and this joy and rejoicing should continue just as the psalmist directs us in verse 1. Praise the Lord! I'll give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Whether we continue to sing Christmas carols and bring the joy of Christ's coming to those around us, or whether we pick up other hymns proclaiming the mighty work of God in Christ Jesus, the singing and praying of such songs both express praise and thanks to God and evolve our whole selves as we do so. The psalmist heaps this very praise upon the Lord. Verses 2 and 3 read, Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. Here the psalmist declares how the Lord's works are great and how those who take pleasure in his works seek them, ask questions about them, and explore them. These works are, after all, glorious, high, and majestic. Who else can do what God has done? We cannot take on the flesh of some other creature. Only God can. Only the Lord has. From here, the psalmist says, his righteousness endures forever. This is certainly true, for God has always been and always will be. But not only does his righteousness in himself continue, 
but the righteousness that he stands up and establishes for us in Christ Jesus. This righteousness endures forever so that we might be rescued and delivered forever. God sets the world right again in Christ. And forever it will stand right and good in Christ. Which means we also will stand firm forever in Him. All this points to who God is. Namely, gracious and merciful. Verses 4 and 5 expound, He has caused His wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear Him. He remembers His covenant forever. We see He is exactly who we sinners needed. He's the God who provides and remembers His covenant and promises forever. And thus, for our sake, He causes this amazing work of salvation to be remembered by us. For thousands of years and counting, our Lord has preserved His word and promise of salvation so that we would not lose the great inheritance that He has given you and me. This great work of God, the birth of Jesus, is not the only work He works for the birth of Jesus is also tied to our new birth and life found in Christ Jesus. We truly see and know what it is to be human in Jesus. The word in the flesh is our reliable guide of how we are to likewise walk and live. As verse 7 says, God is faithful and just in his work in and through Christ, which includes his work in you and me. This work he began in you in baptism and in your hearing of his promises. And he is true and faithful to those promises, promises to give you a new life, to wash and clean you, to declare you not guilty, to put all justice upon Christ instead of you. These works of God's righteousness, these promises of God are firmly established. They are forever true. And so these promises call for us not only to sing, thank, praise, and rejoice, but to actually count on them, depend on them, and live in them. As verse 10 explains, these promises call for us to actually fear and revere God, to recognize our place as creatures and God's great mercy, compassion, and forgiveness. For without such we would truly forever be lost and condemned. But with his mercy and grace, we have full and complete redemption, which brings forth his praise forever. And that praise is lived out in following in the ways and life of Christ, in living in the restored humanity he has given us. We cannot return to the old way of life. We cannot live in our sins and treat Christ's redemption as something we are waiting to happen. He has already redeemed you. He has already set you free. So why live in the prison house of your old sins? Why live in your old life when your life has been radically changed and altered by the birth of the Christ child? Such cannot and should not be. And yet, how have we treat, treated our Lord and Creator? How have we responded at times to our God 
We've broken his creation with our self-centered actions. We've lived purely for ourselves. We have lied, desired what was not ours, taken without returning, hated and hurt people who were made in God's image. We promised not to do this, and yet we have done these things again and again. No doubt some Christians have been trapped again in their sins and their lusts. But the answer is not to abandon hope and give up. Turn to the Lord. Hear and receive his forgiveness. This is the beauty of his great work. It is for you now. He came as a baby and in the flesh to give birth to a new reality and life for you. He did it. This new life is yours. You are forgiven. Your sins are completely washed away and no more. They are forever gone, so leave them dead and buried and walk in the new life his birth has given to you. For you have been given his birth in the waters of baptism and bestowed with Christ's promise, life and freedom. There is no other place for life. There is no other inheritance or greater work. Christ Jesus is it. God come for you. God rescuing you. God paying the cost and price to take you back from sin and death to bring you back to him. Jesus has paid for you with his perfect and holy life. And he gives you that perfect and holy life so that it is yours that your life, resurrection, and redemption are fully established. Thus, as verses 7 and 8 of Psalm 111 says, You and I go forth forgiven, made new, to faithfully walk in the way of Christ, in His goodness and uprightness, in His precepts which means you and I need to be in God's word more and more. We need to hear his word and learn it. We need to grow in it. We need to be people who study and meditate on his word and who then live by it and according to it. This is not because we have to do so for life or redemption, but rather because we have been given Christ's life and his redemption. The child is born, and so life is changed. To live otherwise would be to abandon the child and to give up on our Lord. We will not do so, because what we have is far greater now. We have the blessing of eternal life and righteousness. You have God's compassion fulfilled. Let us help one another and encourage one another in this new life we have and in which we share. Let us correct our fellow neighbor in love, making sure to remove the log out of our own eye. Let us uplift one another in prayer and relieve one another of the guilt and shame of sin by pointing our fellow Christians to Christ's forgiveness and his gracious covering. Let us share Christ's compassion and grace with all, even our enemies. For we once were God's enemies, 
now. You stand forever redeemed in Christ Jesus. In him, you are a new creation to live in his forgiveness always. The peace of God which passes understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.